The only place in the multiverse where you can love the book, hate the movie, but still buy all the toys. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a Jedi mask. A what? Please remember to hold on to your butts and get ready to get stressed. With your hosts, Craig Goldberg, Abigail Gardner, and Jacob Walsh. Yes, this is the part of the podcast where Abby starts complimenting me and then talking about why she... What did you just say? I said that your post was good on our YHS podcast Instagram, and then I said, yeah, I took it. So So you complimented yourself. it's good. Cool. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 161 of Yes Have Some Podcast. We're a month away from Dragon Con. We just posted a... Oh, we didn't post it, but we recorded a bonus episode for Patreon. I'm delirious. We have... Listen, guys, Dude, we have so much. I wrote six pages of stuff that I pitched. So, yeah, I'm delirious, too. Abby, well, we're going to let's real quick, right off the bat for people who are on Patreon. What, what did we just do? I just it was it's a new segment called Abby's Big Pitch. Yes. And I pitched three movies to Craig and Jake, and they decided whether or not they wanted to invest in them. Uh, the theme this week was Quentin Tarantino reboot. I took three movies and rebooted them as if Quentin Tarantino had written and directed them. So there you go. If you want to check it out, man, join or sign up. Yeah. Give us money. <laughs> Give us money. Uh, no, yeah. If you want to get on Patreon, uh, you guys know the drill. You're going to go to patreon.com slash yes, have some sign up for $5. You get complete access to our entire archive, which is over 30 bonus episodes. And then you get two or three new bonus episodes every month. You now also get our show notes every week before we record. So you, you get that little preview. You already know if you're on Patreon, you already know what we're about to talk about. Ooh. We're about to do this Q&A. You already know all the questions. That's exciting. Yeah. Oh, these got posted in a, these got posted in there? These in got posted Patreon? on Patreon. Right. Oh, I'm actually cool. going to read them off Patreon because I don't have to. <laughs> um, nice. But, uh, okay. but, but before we get I'm on. I'm excited about this episode. Yeah, yeah this too. is going to be good. So what we did is we reached out to uh, all of our listeners, group therapy, all that stuff, and said, we've never done this before. We're going to do a ask Yes, have some anything, a little mailbag Q&A. Mm-hmm. You guys send in a ton of questions. I'm very excited to get mm-hmm. to that stuff. But before we do, let me check in with my co-host. Thank you. Abigail Gardner, how are you? I was wondering when you were going to ask. I'm feeling well. You you were acting very fidgety. I felt, I was like, well, if you don't check in with me and ask how I'm feeling, I don't know how we're going to do this episode. I'm doing great. And uh, yeah, life is really good. And I love everyone. And I'm very excited about Dragon Con. You are you do you, do you take a bath in some, uh, some pink positivity? Slime? Yeah, I did. There you go. We all did. Jake? Then I had a Canada dry. How are you? <laughs> yes. I'm good. I'm good. I'm stressed about Dragon Gone though. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm man. excited. I'm excited about it, but I'm stressed because I don't I, I want more costumes to do. And I don't have time to do any more really at this point. That's going to be our next fundraiser. We're going to do a GoFundMe for Jake's costumes. But it's not for money. We're raising time. We're raising ideas. We're raising time. time. Hey, if we can push Halloween back, then we can push DragonCon back a week or two. Yes, I'm starting a petition uh, to move DragonCon to November. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we can save. Should we even talk about this? There's this petition. Nope. All right, I'm fuck mad. It. Everybody knows no, we can't dumb. change Halloween. Yeah, if they're dumb. gonna move We're Halloween, gonna perform our rituals on the same night. Here's the thing. I would suggest they do this. They want a bunch of signatures for Halloween to move to the end of October. Fine. But Halloween has to move to the last Saturday of every month. Or the entire <laughs> month of October. Is Halloween. Yeah, yeah, every night. Give us a little something. Every night's candy. <laughs> you can't move you can't move religious holidays around. Yeah, it's saying. stupid. You can't. You can't. What if we were like, guys, petition. Know. We want Christmas to be June first. It's more screen accurate. Like uh, I don't know. <laughs> we just like it better. Um, so cool. We're going to do this mailbag. Uh, I did yeah, want to talk about this guys. We got a lot of positive feedback about our little discussion last week, uh, involving YHS going steampunk. Steam powered it did discussion. Well, yeah. yeah. It was a steam powered discussion. It, I like Jake's Jake. It did well. It did. It was, a, that <laughs> it was, tested a, well. it was a well-received conversation. <laughs> Very um, good, sir. I think the 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 line that was repeated to me most often over the last week was the uh, Jake's uh, "Honey, we're steampunk now." I'm very proud of it. I love it. Um, so what we thought I we, listened to it like literally three times. So that was an organic conversation. You can't plan that kind of stuff. No, but I feel like this week we do it again. But we're cyberpunk now. So we're, I don't even know what cyberpunk is. Though. I was gonna say diesel punk. What's diesel punk? It's like the forties, like when things were powered by diesel. Like, it's not is that? I thought it was Kevin yeah. Nash. Like you, you look up <laughs> diesel punk. Yes, there's. A, there's that's what other... that's what fans of Kevin Nash call themselves: diesel punk. We're diesel punks. Is the genre similar to steampunk that combines the tier two industrial technology and aesthetics of the diesel based technology of the interwar period through? Uh, to the 1950s with retro futuristic technology and post That just technology. sounds like steampunk to me. <laughs> sounds like Blade Runner okay. or something. What's yeah, cyberpunk? It's all steampunk. Diesel punk, I'm thinking like the Fountainhead. Um, diesel, wait, cyberpunk is like a, it's like a fiction genre. Hold on. I say we move on. Yeah, okay, let's move on. Not till somebody tells me what cyberpunk what is. Cyberpunk? It's nothing. It's nothing. No, there's like. I feel like my brother likes science. All right, it's we're having another steampunk, but with fiction. computers, probably. No, it's a subgenre of science fiction in a futuristic setting to focus on the combination of low life and high tech. Philip K. Dick, uh, Rogers Lasney, which wrote the Philip Nine Princes and Amber. So that's, it's that's William Gibson's uh, Neuromancer. Blade I Runner. own that. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. There it is. There it is. Blade Runner is steampunk. That's what I got from this conversation. There it is. Cyberpunk. All right, so we're going to go ahead and dive into this because we got a lot of questions. Um, depending yeah. on time, we might not get to everything, yeah. but we're going to try. Cool. Depending gonna... on how long we talk about cyberpunk and uh, diesel punk. Well, we could go all night, but I don't, th- I don't think the people want that. Yeah. All right, cool. So this is how it's going to go. I'll read the question and who it's from, and uh, then we will answer it honestly, right? No lying. We got to be really honest with ourselves here, folks. Are we ready? Yeah. I actually wrote my answers down. You're prepared? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you're doing better than me. I also wrote answers down. Craig, where's your homework? I have not even looked at these questions. Winging it? Great. In fact, Let's when I copy... Craig said he couldn't be honest unless he was winging it. If I copy and pasted them, which I did, I, I closed my eyes. <laughs> some of them are too... Some of them are... the. A lot of these are really good questions, and some of them actually involve some thinking, and some of them I couldn't even... 
I feel like I couldn't even accurately answer some of these, but yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the one guy was like, if one train leaves Gotham city at two o'clock PM <laughs> and another train leaves Metro, uh, Metropolis. Oh, um, dude, why didn't anybody send us any of the Riddler riddles from Batman forever? Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Somebody, I well, can't think of here we go. Right now. All right. Yeah. Right, back uh, into this. Here we go. go. Here we go. Question one from Jeff DeGamarino. Actually, he had, two, he asked two questions. Well, we'll ask them both. All right. If Hollywood was to make a YHS podcast movie, who would you want to play yourself? What actors or actresses would fit the role of Craig, Jake, and Abby? I thought this was a cool question. Jake, yeah. who's playing you? Am I going first? I want you to. So I um, I actually casted two people for this because I figured there's going to be – YHS is not going to stop probably for a while. So I was like, we're going to need a current – Jacob and then we need an older Jacob uh the older one I casted first and immediately as Sam Neill oh I like that I think like him with a beard like he looks good with a beard now is like an older dude he looks great I think he could do a good job and then I, I was almost having like a hard time with a younger you know like current person to play me and I couldn't think of anybody you know from like mainstream but then I was thinking about it and I was like no if Sam Neill's the old me yeah I think there's only one cho- choice for current me, and that's Trevor Morgan. Whoa. Oh. I like that. I love it. Friend of the podcast, yeah. Trevor Morgan, mm-hmm. is going to play Jake in the movie. Okay, Give cool. Give temporary tattoos. Yeah. I like that. All right, Abby, Hot. who's playing you in this movie? By the way, uh, once we do this cast, we want some Photoshop posters. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking do it. By the way, the title of the movie is YHS The Bargaining. Because I, I had to give it a title. Or Abby, I was like, gives, <laughs> Abby gives it a whole fucking plot. Dude, at one point, I wrote like an entire paragraph for one of these responses. Okay, my uh, my role, the role of Abigail Christine Gardner, will be played by... I have like three or four options, to be honest. The first is Jillian Jacobs. I love her. She's from Community, and she's from that show Love. And I, I've always identified with her, and I think she's very funny. And just, I don't know. I, I identify she's great. with her. Yeah, I love she's her. Great. Yeah, um, she's good. Second choice, someone that I sometimes am told I look like, which is totally me bragging, Emma Stone. Okay. Uh, which, she's fucking funny. And you she's don't one of the look guys. like Emma Stone. I don't think I look like no, her. not at all. It's at the restaurant I work at, which people say that, and I'm like, mm, you're trying. It's not that good. Uh, I do love her, and I think she's very funny, and I 100% would have her play me um, and support her and like the movies that she's been in. Um, and then my final choice would be Alison Brie, because... I just love her too, and she's kind of like similar stature to me. But for my young Abby, because I thought about that too, um, McKenna Grace. Because oh, you did. You went opposite. You did a young Abby. I did an old Jake, but you did a young. Yeah, okay. young Abby. McKenna well, guys, cool. I hate to break everybody's hearts, but there's only one man playing Craig. No, there's two. Let's hear it. Christian Bale. Oh my God! You just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um. Uh. Emilio Estevez. Okay. <laughs> That's all I could come up with. I was like, I was watching Mighty, yeah. I, I was watching Mighty Ducks 2, right. D2 the other day. And I, I remember I had this orthodontist when I was a kid who told uh-huh. me I look like him. And I was like, fuck off, orthodontist. He plays, he plays all versions of Craig. Yeah. Even if there's an older version yeah. or a younger version, it's still Emilio yeah, 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 yeah. Estevez. But I do request uh-huh. that this version of Craig wears a long peacoat over a suit at all times. Okay. And is considering going back to the Ducks. <laughs> um, no, no, I think, yeah, Emilio Estevez, as far as like other current actors, I mean, I guess he's a current actor. I mean, 
technically. He's an actor who's currently alive. I haven't seen him in a lot lately. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, you wouldn't say Charlie Day, maybe? No, not you, McGregor. I think you guys look alike. I think Charlie Day, probably. Okay. I get that comparison sometimes. I could see it. Um, I don't think I'm as hyper as him. Yeah. No. Uh, so yeah, that's my that's my answer. But I do get that. Yeah, yeah. similar. They're good. Right. Yeah, They're cool. Good. Good Second job. question from Jeff. This question is for Jake. You've already okay. swam with alligators. Would you ever consider cage diving with a great white shark, or even free swimming with lesser uh, with less aggressive sharks like a lemon or nurse shark? I don't um, know why yeah. Jake is I the mean, only one. I think. Yeah, because I have a fucking dream I want to accomplish that involves animals and hanging out with them. But this is Jake's question. This is Jake's question, so I don't get to go. Um, I mean, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, th- those are both things that I I will do in my lifetime. The guy who the guy who actually did the uh, the alligator uh, swim that I went on, he does uh, boat tours where you just get in his boat, go out into the middle of the ocean, and dive with sharks. Like, non, you don't even need scuba gear. They just kind of free dive and swim around with sharks mm. and you can just pay to go do that with him. And, uh, that's definitely in my plans. And, um, yeah, as soon as I get scuba certified, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go shark diving. Like that is something that, uh, <laughs> that is like one of my top, like that's probably in my top two things that I want to just do in my life. So yeah, that's going to yeah. happen. Um, what, um, I think early on in our friendship, Jake told me that he, he, the best way to die would be to be eaten by a great white shark. Yeah. I mean, of course it's the, it's the that, greatest I animal, think that was the moment that planet. I, that we became best friends with Jake. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's I remember I, that. If Definitely. you want, if you're going to go out, like why not go out by like in, in, in a, a very violent way, but is also a part of the circle of life and, yeah. and be by like the most feared and majestic, beautiful creature on the planet. Mm-hmm. Hey, if I thought I was going to die as part of the circle of the life, it was uh, choking on a milk dud while watching The Lion King. Oh. I hate myself. Yeah. So, All right. Hey, Woo. hey, Charlie Day, no. Hey, <laughs> really sorry yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, one, yeah, of you, one of you is very funny. Okay, cool. Um, next. Got a bunch Hi, of questions. I want to tell you about the night tour at the safari on uh, Myrtle Beach that I want to go to where you can like, hang out with like lions and tigers. And- nope, you can't. You weren't asked. All right, nobody asked me. Cool. <laughs> I didn't look it up or price it. It's like $400. We could do it. It's night tour. Very cool. Next from Sam Meredith, our friend from overseas, the UK. He's got a bunch of questions. So let's, uh, let's get into this. We often hear you guys talking about your favorite films, Ghostbusters, Jaws, Jurassic Park, Twister, etc. What are your top five or top three worst films ever made? This is a tough one. I think I, I took this to mean like movies that are bad that you love. I couldn't think of five movies that I absolutely just out and out hate. Okay. So that was my take. Okay. I don't know where you guys well, go for it. Just would you, would you, all right. I got a uh, rock star with Mark Wahlberg. Like it's a, but ter- you love that. Movie. I love that movie. It's okay. fucking terrible. Uh, mystery men is a movie that's like, it was a bomb. It was terrible, but I, I love it. Batman and Robin and then sleepwalkers, which is based on, it's a Stephen King. Cool. Yeah. I've talked about it. Before. Jake, do you come up with movies you hate? Um, I got two here, but I, this was also a hard question. I feel like, I feel like often I'm saying I hated that movie, but I, but whenever, but whenever I'm told, whenever I'm asked, Hey, what are your top three movies that you hate? I can't think of them because if I, if I hate a movie, 
I try to just fucking I, I don't want it in my brain. <laughs> I know I know there are mm-hmm. probably a lot that I really just fucking hate. DC. But it but it was hard for me. It was hard for me. I want to you know, I almost put I, for, part of me was like, maybe I should put Aquaman on here. But then I'm like, you know what? Aquaman's a piece of shit. But you I'm don't like, if I hate if, it. But if I'm going to put a movie that I hate on here, I want it to I want to have a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only ended up putting like two movies on here. And uh, one movie that I put on here was Paranormal Activity. Mm. Um, I, I hate that movie because. I think jump scares are dumb and cheap and products of lazy writing and not trusting your story. And and like that movie is just nothing but that. And I, I I just remember when that came out, uh, thinking it was comical, how, how bad that I thought it was. And, um, the other movie I put on this list is a movie called cannibal Holocaust, which is, uh, I've heard of that. It's like a classic horror movie and anybody who's like a big horror fan knows what it is. Like most people who are big horror fans are like, we love cannibal. It's like, you know, one of the it's one of the goriest, you know, it's one of the first gory. But I I hate it. I I think the director is a piece of shit because like the movie, it was very controversial when it came out. And that's what that's the only reason this movie still has any legs to walk on. You always see it like there was always like the uh, urban legend that it was like real cannibals. Yeah, because some of the some of the effects are the the effects were really good for the time and they're really realistic looking. And there's some really gross stuff, which all that stuff is fine. I don't that's not what bothers me. The part that bothers me is that this director, um, when he made this movie, he wasn't seeking his sole purpose of making this movie was like, I want to make something controversial. Mm -hmm. I want to make I want to make something that makes you sick. So it has it has, I think, three scenes. I've only seen this movie once and I will never watch it again because it's fucking garbage. But the, the director put in three scenes of having the actors catch and torture and kill animals and it's all real it's all real it's like it's real it's real they film it and it's it's just no reason it's like elongated scenes it's like elongated scenes of animals getting killed and it's just for the it is solely for being shocking and uh i think that that director is fucking human garbage piece of shit and that movie sucks fuck well i don't have as strong of an answer as you guys uh it was really hard for me to come up with movies that I absolutely hate because like I tend to usually have a pretty good idea if I'm going to hate a movie and I just don't watch it. Um, but uh, I can't say I hated this movie, but I was I finally watched a movie this week that I've been meaning to watch for like two years. And it's by a director who I love and adore. And it's in a genre that I really enjoy. And I really, really did not like this movie. And that movie was Dunkirk. Uh, I do I hate it? No, but for a Christopher Nolan movie in a war movie in a period piece, I was so fucking bored. Mm-hmm. I did not make it through. I turned it off after an hour. It was just like I and I felt I, it was one of those things. Like that was that movie won awards. It got critical praise, and I felt so bad that I didn't like it that I literally did a Google search where I was like Dunkirk boring. <laughs> and I found a whole, and I found a lot of Doesn't people. Doesn't it make you feel subreddit? If it makes you feel understood. I found, yeah, it was like I was like one of those. Uh, I was like one of those. Uh, I was like an incel. I yeah. found people yeah. who agreed with me. Yeah, I remember on the internet. I was like, when yeah. Jurassic World came out, I did that. Yeah, I just um, added two to my list that I think legitimately fall under the category of how the question was phrased. Um, Suicide Squad and Alien Covenant 
are both Ooh. Alien Covenant's awful, yeah. Yeah. I like it's guys, I'm having fun. All right, Me cool. Too. Um Sam Meredith also asked, uh, this is a good one. I've wondered how you guys managed to record with Jake being many miles away. What setup do you guys use to record your podcasts? Um, we, we have a pretty uh, uh, basic setup. We uh, we plug in, uh, we record in Adobe Audition uh, with USB mics, and we uh, use Skype. Jake is on Skype every week because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you're a couple hundred miles away. And yep. uh, When Abby backs away from the mic, we tap her on the shoulder. Yeah, Abby doesn't closer. talk into the microphone. That's why she sounds <laughs> very far away. Uh, Abby sounds further away than Jake, even though I'm next to her. <sighs> and... Uh, um, we use a program called Loopback, which is uh, what a- allows us to route the uh, the multiple uh, microphones and Skype into Adobe Audition. Uh, but it's not the most advanced podcasting setup, uh, but it's more advanced than screaming into a, uh, an iPhone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. We're doing pretty right. good. Yeah. Uh, cool. Cool. Um, if you could take the heroes from one franchise and make them face a villain from a different franchise, what pairing do you think would make the best film? Okay. <clears throat> Who's uh, first? Uh, Jake, go first. Okay. Um, I have, I came up with two of these and it's the same villain in both of them. One of them though, we have talked about on the show before. It's not something that could happen anymore because, um, uh, the guy who played Ernest has passed away, mm. but I think at one point we there was a big joke about Ernest saves Elm Street, and uh, I think that would be an amazing film. Love it. Um, like it. Also, also I think it would be really cool to see uh, Nancy from um, Nightmare on Elm Street team up with Sid- Sidney Prescott from Scream to mm. to maybe fight both. Uh, the scream killer and Freddy Krueger. No, I, I just kind of want to see. I just want to see Sidney Prescott versus. I just want more Nev Campbell. Hey, Jake. Yeah, I know the title. Sid what and Nancy. <laughs> That's perfect. Wow. And also, here it is. Halfway through I the movie, Ghostface her. is chasing uh, Sidney. Yeah. In the reveal, mask comes off. It's Freddy. It oh. is pretty. Old. <laughs> Are you writing this down? Because I didn't. That's really good. <laughs> Abby? Shit. Oh, okay. Mine was uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy as the heroes inside uh, the universe of Annihilation, taking on the Bear Shark and the cosmic Jennifer Jason Lee at the That's end of the scary. movie. Yeah, I feel like Rocket That's would just scary, be like, what the fuck? Like, what, what the f- I feel like he would <laughs> talk her out of it. He's like, what? Oh, I'm really impressed by these fucking oh, all shiny tr- these trees and they're changing colors. I'm really impressed by that. Uh, yeah, I like that. Put that the, sounds like a very fun movie. Yeah, that's put, what I thought too. Put the Guardians in Annihilation. Thank you. Uh, hey, I don't know about you, fucking guys, but I'm getting out of here because there's something moving in that guy's stomach, dude. Groot would save everybody. Star Lord would try to hit on Natalie Portman. I think probably- Groot's in Annihilation. Oh, he's already he was in the movie. <laughs> um, no. Uh, he's oh he's not fair. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm we sorry. take annihilation. But he's got seriously. those little flowers. <laughs> I take it very seriously. No. Um, I would take uh the mom from Hereditary, and uh, I'd have her. I'd have her okay. face the Ghostbusters. Oh wow! Like post head come oh. off, like or like oh, while okay. she's possessed. Hey, maybe I'll tell you what. Jason Reitman putting it out there right now. Make Hereditary and Ghostbusters in the same universe. Mm. Shared universe. Make it happen. Yeah. Make it happen. Oh, Tony Collette. That's yeah, cool. That's great. Yeah, that's cool. a fun one too. That's fun. Whew. Guys, um, all of those ideas could be movies. Uh, last one from Sam. Are there any films out there that you guys think need to be rebooted? Need to be. Hmm. <coughs> okay. <coughs> Abby, did you come up with something for this? I uh, didn't yeah. have any. I didn't have anything for this. I didn't think that 
a, a reboot is ever really necessary. Um, the only thing the only thing I could think of, but it's not technically the only thing I think of that's not technically a reboot, though, is I would love to see um, a a book accurate movie version of The Shining. But that wouldn't really be a, a reboot. Mm-hmm. So I, I had a hard time with this one. I like it. Well, besides uh, The Little Mermaid and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Twister, which I are on our bonus episode, which I definitely think should be rebooted, I think uh, I said Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion and Now and Then, because those are just like childhood movies that I love that I feel like if they could do a generational continuation with like the kids, the daughters of those characters in those movies. I don't think I've seen either one of those. Yeah, so we won't go into them, but uh, I recommend them. You know, it, it just dawned on me how cool it is, like, I really like the idea of Suicide Squad. It was executed so poorly. But um, the fact that James Gunn's kind of doing a soft reboot of it is pretty is pretty awesome yeah. and pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as movies that need to be rebooted, uh, we've talked about it before, but I, I, I've always said that, uh, um, you know, an updated version of Monster Squad might be really cool. Yeah, um, that's a good idea. You know, good call. Maybe introduce some new villains, some new monsters. Uh and I'm, I'm kind of surprised that actually hasn't happened. I think at one point it almost did, but yeah, it reboots, seems like we're we're ready for yeah, something like reboots, that. Reboots. I'm, I'm I'm more of a fan of the legacy sequel than the reboot. So movies I'd like to see updated sequels to: uh, Beetlejuice, Gremlins. Yeah. Um. I yeah. You know. Agreed. Uh, Prob- uh, Michael Keaton back as Batman, like a, uh, in a Batman Beyond type thing. Well, we, we've talked about all that stuff before, but yeah. that's that's the stuff that comes to mind. Uh, thank you, Sam, for the questions. Moving on, Brandon Shelton asks, if you could have a big dinner with five fictional characters, who would you pick? I love this question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jacob, five fictional characters. Go for it. Uh, Captain Picard. Wow. Alan Grant. Mm. Yoda. Quint from Jaws mm-hmm. and Daniel Plainview. Nice. I think Daniel Plainview and Quint would get along very well. Okay. Yeah. I but, I, I all, but I also think Daniel Plainview might try to kill somebody by the end of dinner. Yeah. Pro- yeah. What? Maybe Yoda. Maybe Yoda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like he would. I feel like Daniel Plainview and Captain Picard would maybe get along, even though they seem completely opposite. Maybe that's why they would. I think they would, res- I feel, re- I think would respect each other. Picard. No matter who they are. All right. Yeah. Those are good. Yeah, it's very good. Abigail? Uh, I didn't necessarily think about these five people being at the table together, but now that I am, it makes me happier. Um, I'm just going to go with it. This is based on my current feelings and moment. Number one, Richie Tozier. He's my favorite character from It. Um, number two, John Connor from Terminator 2. Three, Egon Spangler. Four, Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They come together as a package. Okay. And then finally, Valkyrie, uh, Tessa Thompson, because I just want her to come to dinner. (laughs) Yeah, we know. (laughs) She might bring Brie Larson with her. (laughs) That is me, and that's what I want. Those are good. So I get a lot of stress and anxiety in big groups, so I want a calm group, I think. Okay. Okay? So this is who I'm bringing. Uh, Janine Melnitz. (laughs) From your staff. Yeah. From my staff. I have a staff in this scenario. I have a staff. Uh, Ghostbusters is closed Infection. and she now works up as a, you yeah, I have a staff something? I'm sorry uh, no 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 real talk real talk real, real talk, talk. Real talk. Janine's there Janine Melnitz what are you guys getting Chinese I don't know Deep I haven't dish? got that far sorry Beldar Conehead <laughs> okay <laughs> we're going that. to we're going that to Subway that is good 
By the Are way, you coming up with this right now? Yes, of course. Are you guys uh, eating like cans of beer or whatever they fucking uh, Agent Cooper from Twin Peaks. Oh, that's for sure. Um, Ray from Star Star Wars. Why are you? What are you I doing? I feel like you want it. I would want that. I didn't say it. No, I do not want to eat dinner with weird Ray from Star Wars. Who can't even? She eats bread it's like soggy bread. She wouldn't have any manners. She lives in an ad at. <laughs> yeah, okay. but she's fun. Okay, three, so three. Keep going. We've got Beldar. We've got Janine. We've got Asian Cooper, uh, Chandler Bing. Okay. What? You got to have a fun one. I get it. He's going to be fun. Yeah. And, uh, oh, wait. Fuck. Number five. Gone Girl. <laughs> yes. Ben Just Gone, Gone Girl. girl. <laughs> the no. movie Gone Girl. No, 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 no. Um, Athletes? I like, this. I think I, I think this is why fun. you got to do your Craig, research. Craig, this is why four. you're not supposed to four. do it on the goddamn four. spot. I only bring four. Leonardo. Stop. Yes, Leonardo from Ninja from Turtles. From Ninja Turtles. Yeah, because he's an asshole. The worst Ninja Turtle. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, Chris Singleton. My question has an easy mode and a hard mode. Mm-hmm. This is tough. Leonardo wants everyone to split the bill evenly. Tough. Sorry, I just wanted to. Easy mode. Which franchise would you expunge from history? Oh, yeah. Uh, this one was hard. This would remove Both the modes. film's... Ex- the films and extended universes lower merchandise from existence, but wouldn't affect the materials influenced by these franchises. Hold on. Hard mode. Same question, but the material never existed in the first place. and has no influence on materials that came after them. As these materials were genre defining, it would mean sci-fi or high fantasy wouldn't exist in the same way today. So basically, uh, let's go easy mode. You could just right off the bat, get rid of one full franchise I think we're all gonna. But you still have the my laws an- that are affected. My by answer, it. my answer is the same for easy and hard mode. Yeah, okay. me too. Can we all say our same? I know I've not. Yeah, listened. it's exactly the same. Okay, it's On the exactly count of three. The same. Let's yeah. all say it. One, okay. two, three. The Lord Walking of the Lord of the Rings. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I said Walking Dead. I said Lord of the Rings because I can live without the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but I can't live without Guardians of the Galaxy, which is I love. By I, yeah, like I love Lord of the Rings, but it's just like. There's so much more Star Wars and Star Wars is way more ingrained in my life than mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings is. It's easier for me to let go of also the Hobbit movies sucked. So it's yeah. easier oh, for shit. me to let. I misread the question. Me. Galaxy's Edge is closer than you. I totally misread the question. I'm so sorry. I apologize to our listeners. I didn't even give the I thought he was giving Lord of the no. Rings and Star Wars as examples. You had to no. read it. It's closely. one of the two. Hey, so you, Craig. That's why you do your research. fucking homework. But I literally did. I sound insane because what is I thought, just well, the I answers? Thought were, ju- I thought you were making a joke. No, when you said the answers. The answers were Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, and I said The yeah. Walking Dead. Well, I oh. thought you were just. I thought you were trying to be funny. Me oh too. no, you could have continued. Yeah, like that. Lord of the Rings, one hundred percent. Yeah, get rid of it. But who needs it? I mean, but it does influence a lot. It do- yeah, it does. But I'd but rather if it's a, is, if it's a, if or the, if or that. I'd rather have Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. What do you like, sci-fi or fantasy more? That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I don't and care. Like what works affected by those? Gandalf or Yoda? Yoda. Luke yeah. or Frodo? Luke. Mm-hmm. It's easy. It's easy. I, is there one Lord of the Rings character you would take over anybody from Star Wars? Samwise Gamgee. Over who? Uh, I can't really think of it. I mean, <laughs> he's just who I like if I had to. There you go. All right, cool. Sorry. The hard mode is also, I said, sorry, Hobbits. Goodbye, fantasy. I need Star Wars. There you go. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Sorry, fuck that up again. 
I'm gonna I'm on a streak. I fucked okay. up two oh, things. Oh, there are a lot of questions. You're gonna do this next one too. It's okay. How Clay? Yes. Oh boy. Oh, this I, one. I read this one. Mm. What's the creepiest thing that uh, has happened to y'all with fan interactions and starting the podcast? I.e., Abby's foot following. Oh my god. <clears throat> Have well, we ever talked about this on the pod? No. <laughs> Somebody, but, all right, Abby, explain it. But we did talk about a little bit of this on the bonus episode with Quentin Tarantino. Um, yeah. Uh, I have a foot foot following. I you guess. have a foot fetish? I know. I'm not saying that, but someone does who used to be friends with me on Facebook uh, because there's a website called wikifeet.com. And if you look for it, you can search for my name under celebrities uh, and you will see pictures of me from my Facebook from like 2016. Um, and I guess they're like I posted. Yeah. And I got like four out of five stars on my feet ranking. So Please give me five stars if you could go We're on looking that for those five stars. You know what? Here's a couple things about this real quick. The odds that the person who put those on the website is a listener is, a listener is, is really good. Actually, I think it's Hal Clay. That's why he asked the question. He's yeah. trying to throw us off the scent. <laughs> no, I did. I don't know if this is oversharing, but I dated a guy that did take a picture of my feet once and asked if he could use them as the background on his phone. Like when phone, like oh. camera phones were a new thing. So I guess. I like that he asked permission. Guess, He's like a modern man asking yeah. for consent. I and like that. I was that. like, I guess. Um, I don't even find it creepy. I think it's endearing. To be completely honest, I don't we really haven't had any creepy interactions. Mm-mm. Everyone's really nice. Everybody's very nice. Yeah. I didn't have any. I didn't have anything either. I would love to actually have some creepy interactions because that would be fun. But we didn't. We haven't had any. Yeah. I want somebody at Dragon Con to come up to happening. me I, to hand me a bag of my own fingernail clippings. I want someone. I want. I want an unknown number to text me a video of what I was doing two seconds ago. <laughs> Dude. That's Jake's dream. Yes, I want somebody outside yeah, no, I my house taking pictures. Yeah, I haven't had any weird. I haven't had any weird stuff. I think like uh, the only like this is. I mean, this isn't creepy at all. But like when we first started, there was a convention. Uh, we all we went to a toy show in Atlanta uh, maybe a year or two years ago, and somebody. I think this was one of the first times somebody recognized us and like said who we, he was like yes have some, remember yes have some podcast remember oh, that yeah, yeah. Video? Oh, yeah, and i remember yeah. we were all like oh who is that and, and that's not creepy at all but that that was a, maybe a it was weird to me at the it's time it's an interesting experience yeah. but yeah. yeah yeah but we've met so many people like we're out of nobody's wait weird. a minute that's wasn't there a kid yeah. that like met me when we were at Ghostbusters Fan Fest that, like, got really embarrassed. It was really cute because he watches Ghost Heads a lot. Yeah, but he was, like, five. That wasn't creepy. That was, like, my favorite, yeah, sweetest little yeah, yeah. interaction. Yeah. That's a fun interaction. Um, cool. Yeah. Next? That was a good one. Yeah. All right. Cool. From Lawrence C., what's the greatest deal each of you have ever gotten on a collectible? The opposite of a barge. I suppose an anti-barge. A debarge, if you will. <laughs> Something you still can't believe you got for so little money and then he took a guess but i don't want to spoil it with his guess because it could spoil jake's answer possibly uh-huh. i don't know if it does abby yeah go for it all right um the answers that i came up with i think the one that's the most honest is pretty much my entire batman forever collection um because a lot of it has been gifted to me and in general, Batman Forever collectibles and action figures are less expensive. Um, so all the things that I've come across have been 
really surprisingly cheap. Um, like I have the original movie on film and I feel like I got that for a steal. That's a trailer. That's a trailer. It's not the whole movie. That would be insane if I had the whole movie. I just watched Inglorious Bastards and I know how big movies are. I know how flammable some film can be too. Um, all right. The other things I wrote down, I remember there was a My Little Pony haul that we picked up when we lived in Raleigh that we sold for a lot of money to someone in Brazil. It was like Germany, a, like doubled. Okay. Germany. Good tidbit. And then there was a Spider-Man car that we got at the flea market that ended up like we tripled our profit on. Craig, you may know more details on that if you want to step in. Yeah, I'll talk about that. Um, I can go. So, yeah, that so a lot of people might not know this. Uh, there was a period of time like 2011, 2012, where I bought and sold toys full time as my job. Um, not that that's what I wanted to be doing, but uh, I just didn't have a job. So I was like, I got to do something. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I did buy a huge lot of My Little Ponies, like G1 My Little Ponies for like 100 bucks and flipped it for like 800 or something yeah. like that. Wow. Um, but I, I kind of take this question as more of like something I still own. Okay. Um. And actually, it was a little bit within the last year. I got a very good deal on some real Ghostbusters stuff. Um, I actually bought uh, a Kenner Ecto One A with the box complete, uh, as well as several mint on card uh, real Ghostbusters figures: uh, the mini shooters, the mini traps, and um, the foam finger friends, all mint on card mm-hmm. uh, from somebody. Uh, on Instagram that needed to do a quick sale. And I think I got the entire lot for like 150 bucks. Mm. Anybody who collects Kenner real ghostbusters knows that, uh, a complete Ecto one a with the box alone can go for over 200. Uh, and then the other ones all, you know, could be 50, 60, 70 a piece. The mini pop figures, I actually ended up selling cause I didn't need, I didn't need them mint on card. I think I got 125 for those. So I, I probably got about a $500 lot of vintage real Ghostbusters for $150 or $160. It's not like a mind-bending steal, but it was a really good deal that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Jake? Um the thing in the the thing in the question that he was referencing uh was the proton pack that I found. Um it's it, this isn't this isn't my actual one, but I think it's worth talking about again um i did find a real ghostbusters uh proton pack in the box completely unused with everything in it the car the little membership card unused the the band the the yellow foam the only thing it was missing uh, was the poster and the only reason the poster was missing is because the guys at the pawn shop one of them wanted to take the poster home and they just took the poster out of the box. Mm. Uh, but I got, I got the entire thing for $75, which uh, is insane. That's a great deal. That's a great um, deal. Nice. But the thing that I put on here is that, um, I got a text from my mom one day that was like, uh, she was like, Hey, uh, this woman I work with is selling a lot of stuff and she's got this Godzilla toy. Um, and she wants to sell it. So I'm like, send me a picture of it. She sends me a picture and it is, uh, it is this old Godzilla figure. It was called, uh, it was called the Shogun Godzilla. It, 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 it bears little resemblance to Godzilla. The spines are very small. He has a tongue. You can press this button on the back of his head and his tongue spits out. He has a hand that is detachable that you can, you can hit the button and it will like shoot across the room, which, you know, that's not something Godzilla can do. But anyway, hmm. um, this figure is kind of a known figure, 
You guys laughing over there? Yeah, so why not, though? I love it. I, I just love it. it <laughs> like, I love, in general, when toys take liberties. Like, Godzilla can't do that, but yeah. uh, go for it. You know Batman's gun? Um, he, anyway, it's kind of a known figure among like Godzilla collectors because it is, it's, it's kind of rare to find, especially with the hand and an unbroken, uh, tongue. Um, so my mom sends me this picture and it is a complete figure. It, there's no, it's in perfect condition. It has the hand. Um, I checked on eBay before doing this episode so I can kind of see what they're running these days. And the hand alone is like a $70 piece. Oh my um, I love that. The, I love that. The figure, the last figure that sold, it sold in a box. So it's a little more, but it sold for $420. They generally go from around two to $300 missing the hand. Um, I got it for $15. <laughs> I was like, I was like, mom, offer her $15. And like my mom doesn't know what it is. This woman doesn't know what it is. She's just like, it's a Godzilla toy. It was like, I guess it was her son's. She doesn't care. She just wanted to get rid of it. I was like, offer her 15 bucks, see what she says. And the woman was like, sure. Sure. And, what a deal. Yeah. And that I think is the best. She's like, part. boy, what a sucker. Yeah. Uh, I actually thought of another one while you were talking about that. Jake, that's an amazing deal. Um, around the same time when I was buying and selling toys, I was going to a lot of garage sales. This is probably 2012, a little bit before, you know, nowadays people kind of know what they've got. People tend Mm -hmm. to realize old toys can be worth a lot of money. But I was at this garage sale and I got a giant box of Masters of the Universe figures, all complete with accessories, like 30 figures. Mm -hmm. I also got a 1989 Toy Biz Batcave in box, complete. Wow. Um, and I also got a Ghostbusters Firehouse Whoa. complete. Yeah. All for fifty dollars. Holy shit. Wow. Holy like crap. It's a lot hun- of stuff. Hundreds of dollars. Yeah. <clears throat> like I was selling yeah. those Masters of the Universe figures, you know, individually on eBay for, you know, twenty, twenty five, thirty dollars a piece, and they've gone up since then. Yeah. Um, I kept the firehouse. I've had like Good. in my adulthood as a kid I had one Ghostbusters Firehouse. In my adulthood, I think I've cycled through like five of them. Yep. Because yeah. If you ever need a little money, you can always get 150 bucks for it. Mm-hmm. But listen, it's an investment. You got to get another one. You can't just not have oh, one. Right. <laughs> it's fine. I would say that there's been a lot of debate on what makes a real Ghostbusters fan lately. Spirit packs, real packs, collectibles, answer the call. All of it's bullshit. You want the the true mark of a fan is you got a GB Firehouse, even if it's right. not complete. Even if it's just the shell with one door, because if we've we've all had that too. We've all owned that. We've all yeah. had that. Yeah. No fire pole. Just has a Dick Tracy figure in it for some reason. Yeah. The mark of a true, true fan is a photo of your firehouse, but you don't actually own it anymore because you had to sell it for the 150. That's a fan. (laughs) Um, All right, cool. Next up. That was a great great question. Thank you, uh, uh, Lawrence, for that. Lawrence? Lawrence. Okay. Jason Smith. Um, By the way, uh, I didn't put it on here, but Jason had some very kind words for us. Uh, Thanks. we, we really appreciate the, uh, the compliments for my question. What is the Holy grail toy? Each of you never acquired. <coughs> we got this question a couple times. Yeah. I think we should obviously couple, just a answer couple people. Once, so this is an interesting one. The Holy grail you've never acquired new old one of each. The one thing you've always stayed, the, the one thing that's always stayed out of reach for me, it was the millennium Falcon and Batman returns bat ski boat. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that Batman return 
all the Batman Returns vehicles are very cool. I especially like the coupe. It's like uh, Bruce Wayne's just like leisure car. Yep. Love it. Okay. The duck. Little ducky. That's just a duck. Just cool. Just uh, I don't know. Did they make a vehicle of? There's like a. There's a little one. I think, one. So. Yeah. I think a Hot Wheels. Car. All right, Abby. Holy Grail. You never got your hands on. Yo, Holy Grails for me. Uh, number one, the Leprechaun RV that I really wanted. Uh, that I put on my wish list for Christmas. I still want it. It's on my list. Oh, <laughs> that that giant RV. That's it's your... not a toy. Oh, okay. oh that's and fine though. That's fine. Grail. It it's is a Holy, Holy Grail. Grail. Yeah, Holy Grail. So that's matter. an actual RV. I have a couple of things. I don't know if any of these are. There's only one, two of these that are toys. It's fine. It's fine. This was hard for me too. Go for it. Uh, Garrett, the RGB figure that we talked about the other week, mm. it is prototype. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um. It is. Yeah. Okay. Then there's an uh, extreme 19- GB. Extreme GB. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned. Oh, I said RGB ship. Yeah. Extreme. The other would be a 1987 G1 My Little Pony called Tootie Tales. That was called like summer heat wave in uh, Great Britain because I guess two details doesn't translate. It was the it was a My Little Pony that I loved and cherished when I was little, and I don't have it now. And I would definitely like to buy it back. I think it's kind of rare and a little expensive. It's very cute. Um, beyond that, I have a TMNT pajama set and sleeping bag that we saw in that Sears catalog. Um, and finally, for real, and this isn't a toy, a signed Stephen King hardback. Um, something like it, the shining or carry, like one of the classics. Cause I do have the sleeping beauties copy that I want. I, my Holy grail is a second autograph from a Stephen King. Personalized <laughs> on my copy. To Abby, my inspiration, Abby. Stephen King. <laughs> exactly. You're uh, my bib. Your hair is winter fire. Okay. <laughs> Jake. I, I found this question hard because like toys, things that I really wanted as a kid that I never uh, was able to get, I now own. So like, yeah, I, I've now like, I've gotten to a place where I can buy all those toys and, you know, I've spent the last 15 years of my life rebuying well, all it's that hard. Shit. It's hard because what's a Holy grail as a kid is actually not a, like when I was a kid, I'll, I always wanted the electronic football, like with the, the thing vibrates and like yeah. the little thing, like, it was like it's like f- now you can just order one of those for five dollars on eBay. Yeah, it was yeah. forty dollars at the time. Yeah, yeah. Right, keep going, Sergeant. I, I I put something that you know when I was younger, something that was a holy grail to me was like a proton pack, which I which I now own. So it's like now if I'm thinking of a holy grail, I would love to own a slime blower. Um, I also put something. This isn't a specific thing, but I would love to own some sort of screen used prop or production item from like any Godzilla movie. I think that that would be a Holy grail. Um, same with like jaws. Like to me, those are the kind of Holy grail things, something that's like a, a one of a kind item or something used in one of my favorite films. I don't have any specific toys or anything out there that I'm like, Oh, I wish I owned that because if it's a toy at this point in my life, I'm just going to buy it. Right. Yeah, um, so I, I specifically went back for this one to think about, okay, when I was a kid, what are what were some of the Holy Grail toys uh, or things that I desperately wanted that I never had? Um, so the first thing that comes to mind is the Bill and Ted uh, Kenner uh, phone booth. Um, I never had it as a kid, and as we know now, that line was very short-lived, so by the time I probably even knew it was a thing, um, you couldn't really find it. So uh, I, I haven't rebought it because I've been waiting to find a good deal on one. And then it's still with the box, about 150 bucks. But I remember as a kid, it was one of those things like, man, 
that's the like I was obsessed with Bill and Ted. I was like, that is the coolest toy that you could get. Um, Jake, I agree. Proton pack, uh, you know, as a kid is something. You know what I never had as a kid was the uh, mm. the the slime charger, the slime, the Kenner slime blower. Mm. I kind of didn't yeah. think it was real. Like I saw the pictures, but never saw it in person. Um, mm-hmm. The also the Kenner Terminator uh, playset, the regeneration set where you could. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And so th- those are the things that kind of come to my mind as far as like things that I really wanted as a kid, but never had mm-hmm. uh, super Nintendo never had it as a kid, desperately wanted it. Yeah. Um, but as far as now, Holy grails, especially when I think about toys, um, I don't care about like the rocket firing Boba Fett prototype. That's $180,000. Cause that's just ridiculous. But the one thing that does come to mind is Egon's lab, mm-hmm. which yeah. if you're not familiar is a, uh, it was a Kenner Ghostbusters playset that was never produced. There's been two or three prototypes that have made it out into the wild. Um, but it was basically like a little uh, Egon's laboratory with different functions. And uh, you can find the pictures online. It's it's extremely cool. And uh, yeah, if I if I could have any toy, Holy Grail, that, that would be it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Cool. Next one. Good yeah. question. Uh, from very good friend of the podcast, Jay Key. If you had to pick your last meal from an iconic film dish, such as such as Chilean sea bass in Jurassic Park or the Ziggy Pig, Ziggy Piggy, <laughs> I love that, by the way, uh, from Bill and Ted, what would it be? And of course, you have to wash it down with a Dr. Pepper, is what Jake, he says. <laughs> Can't wait. Or, or a 7 Why would we use anything else yes. to wash it down? Uh Jake? Maybe a ginger, maybe a can of dry ginger ale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only other option. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I kind of, I looked at this question and I was like, well, I, I, I eat a vegan, you know, uh, I, I live a very vegan lifestyle. So I was like, I don't, I can't think of any movie where there's any sort of vegan food in it really. So, uh, I didn't know what Pass. to do for this Dude, question. You should have gone you with like what? the food that they eat in hook. That's like that colorful <laughs> shit. It's probably it's vegan. Colors. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah. And it tastes that's good. my answer. That's you my know, answer. Though, the, hook, yeah. the hook scene. Uh, before, I, I'll go next. When I think about this question, I don't necessarily think like last meal, but there's certain things that you see in movies that no matter what, just make you hungry for that thing. Yeah. So yeah. the first thing that comes to mind, a vegan version of the big kahuna burger. That's what I want. There you go. Mm-hmm. And what about Bob when they're eating the fried chicken? It just, lo- it looks so good. <laughs> yeah. Like Perfect. I specifically want <clears throat> fried chicken and hand shucked corn. Do you want the breast? In my home, <laughs> it's Dr. Marvin. Uh, so, yeah. Or the pizza from the beginning of TMNT. Okay. That does look good. Absolutely delicious. You know, the one piece falls on Splinter's head. Oh, classic. He looks very upset. <laughs> Dude, at least he's got legs. Even pizza? <laughs> pizza, okay. Uh, so I think about those kinds of things, and yeah. uh, there's, there's probably not Chilean sea bass. No, That's, that always sounded like a tummy ache to me. Yeah, like a mm-hmm. Abby. Uh, 
this is very interesting because I also chose a pizza selection. Mine, however, was uh, from Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, the cheese pizza. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> that because I also watched the scene and I thought the pizza looked very good. Uh, my second choice was Aunt Meg's mashed potatoes and gravy, Ooh. which I know aren't vegan. <laughs> fucking look amazing, though. Um, and finally, this is the other thing that I found interesting, Craig. I picked also a Bill Murray movie. Um, but my movie I picked was Groundhog Day, specifically the diner food that Bill Murray is eating when he's like, fuck it. <laughs> when he has a giant yes. fucking. <laughs> yes. When it's just that's like, a, when he. That's a great yeah, choice. Yeah. Like, eats a whole piece of what, like, pie in one bite. Like, I want all yeah. that. Because it looks fucking amazing. Good. And I'm going to wash it down with a Canada Dry. Also, every time I watch Seinfeld, whatever they order, like at the diner, I always go, oh, that sounds good. Like to myself. Yeah, like the episode with the cold chicken extra, sandwich that George MSG. gets. Yeah. 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 Wait, any food that George eats. Oh. Especially in every, yeah. I've always found pastrami to be the most <laughs> sensual of the cured meats. <laughs> I love that sandwich. All right. Thanks for the question, Jay. From the, move, from the show. Uh, Ryan, no last name. There is a natural disaster. All right, well, podcast is <coughs> over. Bye, guys. Oh, that's uh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> you can only save one item from your collection. What would it be and why? I want to go first. It's I, the earthquake from New Nightmare. I would save my friends. Oh. That's not true. Oh, come on. That's not. Um, We're not collecting. I can go first. I haven't really gone first yet. Um, one thing from my collection. So my, my immediate response is barge. This shit's expensive. The actual barge. I'm like, there's a na- there's like a fire and a and a, a, a goddamn tornado. I'm like running down the street with this like four at foot least, barge. Hey, at least if there's a natural disaster and you save your barge, you can sell it and and have a hotel room for a couple of nights. Oh, I thought you were gonna say I could live on it. <laughs> um, but but if I think about like the most sentimental piece of my collection uh, or the thing that means the most to me, mm-hmm. Abby, you're much better at this because I, I try not to get sentimentally attached to anything. Cause I, I, I get sentimentally attached to everything. Abby gets sentimentally attached to a attached. pillow. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I feel like, like I'm, there's nothing I have that I'm like, nah, I'd sell it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. cause I, I, I try not to get too attached. Yeah. To but if everything is falling apart and the house isn't going to make it, what one thing are you going to get? It's hard for me. Cause I, my, I, this isn't one thing, but I would just say my real Ghostbusters Kenner collection. Uh, it's a more recent collection for me, but if I could scoop up like the majority of them I, and put them in a bag, I would. You get one Detoff. That's it. To live in. <laughs> You're floating down the river in a Detoff full of toys. Uh, somebody make, I want that to be a shirt. All right. Um, but because I, I don't really floating even have a river it. In a de- that sounds like a song. Floating down a river in a Detoff de- full of toys. Gotta take your clothes off for the girls and, and the, the boys. boys. Okay. 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 I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I was trying to think if I have any autographed or signed stuff. Um. Hey, you know what? Got my answer. My uh, my poster from FanFest that I yeah. that I got signed by everybody. Mm-hmm. That shit took a lot of work. It was very stressful. <laughs> that thing's yeah, coming. We with another me. fucking FanFest, so yeah, you should get it. All right. Go Save f- it, Abby. All right, guys. This was actually not difficult at all for me. It took me all of like three seconds. I would save uh, my copy of It that Jake gave me for my birthday because it's oh, very wow. special. Yeah. Of all of my books and of all my items that I own that have I have a very strong attachment to that. It represents a lot. Stephen King had a huge impact on my life when I started reading him. And Jake, you introduced me to him. And the book covers material like friendship and how much that can change your life. And it just it means a lot to me. So I fuck. Yeah. 
fuck it. That's what I want. Cool. That's mm-hmm. that's a very sweet answer. Yeah. A that's nice. All right. Yeah. Now let's hear Jake's. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, My Shogun Godzilla. Is, <laughs> thing that Abby bought me. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I have one of two things I think I would probably take. I feel... Um, it would either be my jaws barrel or, or I think it would maybe be my, uh, my book, my jaws book that has all the signatures in it. Oh, um, yeah. mm-hmm. jaws is my very favorite movie of all time. And, um, I have, um, the hardcover copy of jaws memories from Martha's vineyard, which includes a piece of the original orca, like the actual boat. And it, I also, went to the book signing when that book came out and um there were about 20 members of the cast and crew from the original film there um i i got the, all of their signatures in the book i have since added people's signatures to the book who anybody who has worked on the first jaws film that i've come in contact with I've, I've had signed that book so there's a lot of signatures in there um and it's a, it's a good, I mean, besides that, it's a great book. It is a collectible piece. It has a piece of the Orca. It would be that or my Jaws barrel, I think. Those are the two big, those are like, those are kind of the prides of my collection, I think. I think both Craig and I are really surprised um, that you didn't say your Slimer mask. You <laughs> <laughs> have a lot more signatures on that. You know what? The, the good thing oh, about- no, my Slimer mask is gone. Somebody say, it's oh, like no. that scene in, a, it's like that scene in um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall where he's like, oh, no, not the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, uh, I like the Jaws barrel because if it's a flood, yeah, you're just floating down the river. Um, you know, I thought of another thing because I want to be uh, more sentimental about it. <laughs> um, no, I forgot about this. I didn't forget about it. It's looking right at me. The day Harold Ramis passed away, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Abby bought me a, uh, a Diamond Select Stay Puffed Bank, which I had previously had signed by Dan Aykroyd and had to sell it dur- mm-hmm. doing hard times. Dude, yeah, that was during the toy selling period. So, so. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it's not a very expensive item, but it has a sentimental value. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's nice. That's really um, nice. <clears throat> that, that's something I would, that's a good thing to save too. I, I have one other uh, uh, option, and that is I have kind of a small collection of, of autograph pictures um, of people who have, who have been in some of the original Godzilla films, including the, the, the man who played Godzilla in the original film through the first, I think, I think he did eight movies and, and he has passed away recently. So that's, that's another thing that yeah. I'd want to hang on to. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Good call. Um, Next, up. I like how mine made everyone. Godzilla is my answer for every one of these yes. questions. Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla. Yes. Jake. If you could spend the night with one fictional character, Godzilla. Okay. Uh, Zach Crago. So, Crago, you asked two questions, but one of them was the Holy Grail once. We already addressed that. This one's good, though. If Answer the Call was never made, never came out, would you guys still be doing Yes, Have Some podcast? Who's answering? Uh, Who wants to go first? So, I don't know if we would specifically be doing this podcast because um we were all into ghostbusters uh regardless of answer the call being made we were all becoming friends before that movie was announced um i had wanted to start a podcast even before uh we knew there was going to be a new ghostbusters movie mm-hmm. but we 
I've talked about it before. We did really ramp up the idea of doing a podcast because we wanted to lend our voices uh, to the conversation. And also there was just so much happening in Ghostbusters for the first time. And we all love talking about it. It just felt like a natural thing to do. Um, I, I will say with a caveat that the odds of where I was in my life at that time of launching a podcast around the time a new Ghostbusters movie was being made, whenever that was, was probably pretty good. Mm -hmm. So maybe we would have been doing it starting this year with, with the new movie. I don't know. But my, my question, my, if it, if we, if there was never another Ghostbusters movie, I would say, I don't think yes, have some would exist. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think, I think the answer is a little different. I think we would be doing a podcast, but I don't think it would be, I don't, I I think at the time we were having conversations about movies already. Like we were, we were having the same sort of conversations. They just weren't so, they just wouldn't be so focused on Ghostbusters. I think we would have probably around the same time, maybe done something similar it wouldn't have been called yes, have some, and it wouldn't have, it wouldn't maybe not have gone in the direction this has gone. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like it still would have happened just under different circumstances. I agree. I said, yeah, I think so. I, I wanted to be a morning show DJ since I was little. And I think that being a podcaster is the closest thing, especially with what we do and how we do it. And, I think that we probably would have talked about toys and collectibles no matter what. And we would have a podcast called Claire's Heels. <laughs> it just would have been like I just feel like even even if it wasn't for Ghostbusters at the time, we were still having conversations about other movies. So mm-hmm. like we still would have had the same kind of thought process. And I think, Craig, you still would have been like, we should do a podcast. It just wouldn't have been focused okay. around Ghostbusters. Here is the answer. We would have started a podcast, but it would have fizzled out. Because we were like, oh, I don't have not, no Ghostbusters. What are we going to do maybe, here, folks? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I think that we I started- like how both of you guys were like, yes, it was inevitable and we love each other. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Well, we had to work through Answer the Call once that was over and petered out. We realized that we had to had segue. To. I'm still working through that. Dude. Yeah. Speaking of which, let's get to the next question. All Talking right. Of, speaking about working through things. Kevin Lim. I love Kevin Lim. Yeah. We met him at FanFest. He's a good guy. He's a radio DJ from Kenyatta. He's the only one whose question started with hope you're all doing fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, everybody else. <laughs> I think we started chatting we are about. fantastic. Do you want to read this one? My voice hurts. Yeah. It says, hope you're all doing fantastic. I think we started chatting about this at our post-FanFest dinner and got sidetracked, but I've been curious about the backstory of your involvement on Ghost Heads. You mentioned you weren't entirely happy with it, and I must have missed the episode where you gave your true thoughts on it. Of course, if you can't divulge too much, just ignore the question and cough through times as a subtle acknowledgement so I'll know. <coughs> just kidding. I'm not, I don't really feel that way. Um, oh, I, he said, oh, I missed that part. Yeah. That was what he said to, um, to cough. I, I have an actual response. But you can go if you want. I mean, go for it. I mean, Ghost Heads is kind of a complicated thing. Yeah. I like what my response was. First of all, should we get my therapist meat out? Because we can. Yes. Um, should we call her? Uh, but no, I said uh, Ghost Heads wasn't what I'd hoped it would be. But I learned a lot about myself in the process. And I'm proud of the story I shared. So that is my like official thought on the whole thing. And... I'm sure you guys can elaborate. And yeah, we I mean, talked in depth about it before. I, I wasn't a part of it. So uh, I'm sitting this one up. So uh, 
for you know we're we're gonna be uh, guests at DragonCon this year, and for my <laughs> for my uh, biography, I put uh, starred in the documentary Ghost Heads. <laughs> Just for my own amusement. Um, I didn't even put that in Abby's. No, why has no mention of it? I think there's a lot of different angles with ghost heads. I agree with what Abby just said. Uh, the story Abby shared about herself in that movie was very real. Uh, but it, it didn't happen because of ghost heads. It wasn't accentuated or uh, elaborated upon or exaggerated because it, it just it was a very real snapshot of Abby and some of the things that she went through mm-hmm. and our story together. Yeah. Um, so it's not like we weren't playing it up for the camera and, uh, and I, we'll have to find the episode where we talked about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people worked really hard on that movie. You know, Tommy Avalo, we've had him on the show. He's the director. He's a very great guy, uh, produced that movie. Uh, Brendan Mertens, who's a longtime Ghostbusters fan, directed the movie. And the thing about, uh, documentaries, uh, and I think this is the one of the harder things for people within the Ghostbusters community to grasp sometimes, is that they're not really made for the communities that they're based on. They're made for the people scrolling through Netflix who go, oh, this seems interesting. Look at all these weirdos wearing proton mm-hmm. packs. I want to know yeah. what this is mm-hmm. about. People, Trekkies exists. The right. movie yeah. Trekkies right. exists. And I love Star Trek. And Trekkies is kind of a... It's a little cringy. Dude, it's very cringy. And but it I like think, I'd be willing to say that, yes, have some might not exist without ghost heads. I'm, I'm trying to think about our timeline and origin, but we were I feel recording like, already. OK, we were never. We mind. were because we were because we we tried to you guys like fake podcasted for oh, the fuck. No, for okay. the filming. I said it was all real. OK, you're right. No, but I think um, it's called B-roll. You have to fake. Yeah, for B-roll. So, we tried to put it in. There. So I want to elaborate on this a little bit like. I think my biggest issue with Ghost Heads is that it didn't make a decision to go all in on any one direction, right? So it's not like the whole movie is like sappy human interest because mm-hmm. there's some really funny stuff in that movie. There's some good stuff in it, yeah. There's some really boring stuff. There's some really heartwarming stuff. And like I kind of would have preferred if it was just all super cringe, like like the entire thing. Um, it was, yeah. But, but I think... I think it's all hard. super cringe and we're not in it or. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't okay. want to be in the cringe. Exactly. But I think like, I, I can't deny that there's a lot of people like I've always said this. If somebody watched our story, it was affected positively by it and enjoyed it. That's great. I can't really speak for anybody else's stuff. There's some interesting characters in that movie who have brought so much laughter and happiness to ourselves and our immediate friends group mm-hmm. that like, I kind of wouldn't trade it for the world, you know, like, yeah. yeah. That's what and I you said. Got, and you guys have shared. had some pretty good feedback. Like Dude, you guys yeah, have had a lot of particular. good feedback. From I've never your... had anybody say anything negative. Dude. Even yeah. on the, uh, even uh, when Opie and Anthony were like bashing it on their radio show, which is very funny. I highly go check it out. Like oh, when they get to our part. So fun to listen to. I liked it. Uh, but they didn't really say you can't because it's hard. You can't. How do you criticize? Like, listen, here's the facts. Was and I don't want to speak for Abby out of turn here. Uh-huh. Abby quit drinking. Was it because of Ghostbusters? No. Ghostbusters was one of many. It played a role. It played a role in um in helping me, I'd say. And it became like a lifestyle and rippled out into uh, just I think reinvigorating my life and, and making it, it like, was more like more meaning and being purpose. part of the Ghostbusters community was a really good redirection of energy into something. Yeah, because doing 
cosplay and costume Hopefully. projects and building props. Positively. Really th- <laughs> it was a really therapeutic thing for me to like throw myself into yeah. because when you quit something, you have to replace it with something. So I replaced that time that I spent drinking with hanging out and watching Ghostbusters and then doing Ghostbusters related shit. And we met Jake, et cetera, et cetera. But it wasn't just Ghostbusters. It was fucking Bob's Burgers. Yeah, exactly. There are other movies that you had. Yeah. Never- Broad City, other TV shows and, and movies that I, and comic books that I found that really got me going and going to the comic book store and buying those things. I mean, I've heard a lot of people who have recovered from addiction, like talk about the collecting factor and how that fills a void. Hey, in a can I say one way. thing? I don't know if I've ever talked about this. You know, my favorite part of ghost heads is yeah, there's a lot of funny stuff. We could go on all day about some of the people in that movie, but there's the one guy and he seems like such a nice guy from the New York ghostbusters. And it's the story about how like he gives Paul Feig like the certificate while they're filming. But it's really funny because he's like, he's like, yeah, I uh, heard they were filming at the firehouse and I uh, like put my, uh, put my suit on and my gear just I, I I don't know like like you could tell he, he was had that thought process like maybe they'll put me in the movie like maybe I'll just show up in gear and be like look at that guy get him in here he's a ghost yeah. uh, which is like insane that's not gonna happen but um yeah uh listen there's a lot that can be said Jake any more yeah. perspective you weren't in it but like your pictures on the Netflix uh thing <laughs> yeah I'm not in it I I agree with you guys said there was a lot of uh there was it almost it it seems like they couldn't quite pick the direction they wanted to go into and it and i know that there was a lot of i'm just going to i'm just going to flat out come out and say some of the stuff I, I like we are friends with these people and they're all great people paul like they're all brandon like they're they're great people so but i know whenever this was first kind of coming out a lot of people perceived that it was going to be one way and then when the documentary came out, it was a lot of like, let's show, let's show everybody how weird some of these people are. Yeah. And but it, did, and it, but don't and you it agree? did have a very big, it did have a very big, it had a Trekkies feel to it. Half, half of it did. Right. But don't you and, agree and, that an, an hour and a half or two hour movie of people sitting in front of their collections talking about why they like Ghostbusters would be. I do. I do. But what I'm, I do. But what I'm saying is like, it's just. Like you were just saying, it, it. I feel like it should have picked. It should have either, you know, gone one way or the other. You know, and, and instead of kind of being a weird, it was just a weird time. Like I'm glad it exists and it is funny. Yeah, but I it, agree. it. But it also does like you know. It also does sort of shed a bad light on. Like it does. There's it an is exploitative a little, a little lens, embarrassing. It yeah. is. Yeah, it is a little embarrassing. Like I'm not. I love Star Trek. But I don't, you know, I don't go to Star Trek conventions and dress up, you know, all the time in Star Trek costumes. But if I did around the time Trekkies came out, that would have made like I feel like that would have made me feel really bad. And it would have made me embarrassed to do that. Mm -hmm. And Ghostheads has a similar like if it's similar, like when people are like, hey, I saw Ghostheads. I'm like, great. Yeah, that's (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I think it, yeah. it's it's a little embarrassing. Exactly. And I mean, it's funny to watch. It's funny to watch when it's another fandom or it's like, you know, it's like people can sit here and they'll laugh at Trekkies all day. Mm-hmm. But then when it happens to Ghostbusters, you're like, well, fuck, yeah. this is not it's not fun. It's not really fair. Yeah, I like but, it. I, I don't care. It just doesn't bother hey, me. Like, all, hey, but also. It, it is very funny. There's and, some funny uh, and stuff. We, and we all like, we it's, personally yeah. know most of the people in it. 
we personally know a lot of people who had mm-hmm. to do with it. And we all know, you know, the stories. It's just like. I think for me, uh, it more is than anything, it was being lumped in with it. I think because there was some there was a backlash within the community when it first came out. So for me, that's where the difficult feelings and associations with it came from was feeling yeah. like, oh, everyone hates the thing that I'm in that's on Netflix now, which that I think is what I had to get over. And now I realize like, oh, yeah, my story's good. I'm a cool person. And yeah. it did a lot for all of us. So fuck yep. it. There we go. There go. I don't regret that it exists at all. Yeah, I don't either. Cool. It's kind of like they're taking the bow off. <laughs> There's so many good quotes. So many good quotes in that movie. Yeah. You guys know Pete Mosin? <sighs> it's more, to him for it's 45 minutes quotable. last night. It's more quotable than Answer the Call. I don't know one line from At Answer some the point, call. we'll do a bonus episode <laughs> where we talk about the panel where uh, Ghost Heads was shown at Dragon Con. Oof. And it was like just our friends making fun of it in the back row. It yeah, was like, it was good stuff. All that right. I didn't show up to. No, no. no Thanks a lot, Jake. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> By the way, I'm back. not taking that copy of It if the house is burning <laughs> down. All right. Don't care. Uh, Craig White, Michael Waterman says, love the podcast. What were your first screen names or screen names or emails and why? Um, I don't remember any old email addresses. I do know that my first mostly used screen name was DDP Heart 2. Wow. As in Diamond Dallas Page and Brent Hart. But. The number two. But. It read like DD Fart. Oh, yeah. Like P-H-A-R-T. DD Fart. Yeah. DD Fart. It sucks. That sucked. That part sucked. I love that you weren't going to bring that up. Well, on Instant Messenger, it was separated. But when you want to do like the like DDP Heart 2 at AOL.com, it was just DD Fart. So that sucks. I also had one for a while that was Premium Atlanta. Because I was, I wanted to start a ticket broker business. <laughs> okay, you should have kept oh, that. It could be something else. What? Though. My dad's friends Sounds were like all ticket brokers, service. and I was like, oh, I could sell tickets, and make a lot of money. Premium. Wow, Premium Atlanta. Like, there, like I'm sure, that, I'm sure there is something called Premium Atlanta. So, yeah, it's like entertainment. You know, it's funny. Like my at, at 13 years old, I was like, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to Monday Night Raw. I need to buy two tickets. What I'm going to do? I'm going to buy three tickets. I'm going to sell one of them. It's like, oh. <laughs> Oh, Good well, that's business. a sustainable plan. Um, I probably had other ones over time. You know, as a kid, I remember changing it all the time, but it was nothing that ever lasted more than like three days. Um, and then this is kind of embarrassing. It's still my username for a lot of stuff. Uh, this is kind it's of not embarrassing. Craig cool. the Owl was is my name on a lot of things because OWL Owl uh, was I, I was in a band. I was a drummer for a band called One Way Letter. Uh, so DDP Hart quit in senior high school became Craig the Owl, and that's kind of stuck with yeah, me. Yeah, that's how I knew you as Craig the Owl on um, MySpace, I, I think. Tight. Yeah, tight. It's pretty tight. That sounds pretty cool. That's tight. <laughs> Abby? Yo, um, my first email address was the same as my AOL uh, AIM name, which was rocketgirl34 at gmail.com. It's like not that cool. I was very into space. Um, Wait, your, it, your AOL was generated for me. Hold on. I love how ahead of her time she was. What year is this? <sighs> Could have been like 90. Okay. 90, 98, 99. In 1999, Abby's AOL name was rocketgirl25 at gmail.com. 34. Oh, no, no. It was a hotmail. <laughs> Fuck. I wrote that wrong. You know what? You know how that is. Okay, yeah, at hotmail.com. Gotcha. Um, there was a brief period, not even brief. Um, my screen name during my straight edge days was X the Red Death X, which is like a menstruation reference. Um, and that's cool. And beyond that, I think I've been Splash Mommy for a long time. I think there was a brief period my MySpace name was O Abigail, 
which isn't that uh, interesting. Oh, bo- uh, uh, bottle violence at um, hotmail.com was mine. People are just going to be emailing. Bottle violence? Yeah, dude. It was actually what I didn't what drink, is which that? is the funny fucking thing. It's a minor threat song, which okay. was like the grandfathers of straight edge. Uh, it was interesting because I still had that once I started drinking and it became even more fitting. So. Hey, what about um, uh, uh, Lady Hatred? Oh yeah, I had that <coughs> hatred. That was when I when I thought I was going to be known for my um Venture Brothers crossplay of Sergeant Hatred. I did like a female version of it with oh, wow. my, no. it, I, I'm still known as Lady Hatred in some parts. <laughs> Jake, did you have any old ones or no? All all my old like usernames were I have always just used variations of my actual names, so I don't have anything fun there. I do remember what my first email address is, but it's kind of offensive now, and I don't know if I want to say it. Let's not even go there. I I, yeah, I told you what it was, and I just don't even want to say it because it did not age well. Yeah, I yeah. I I was like Jake, when did you get rid of that? You were like a couple years ago. I was like, oh boy. No, maybe I, I, I think about 10 years ago, whenever I had to, uh, whenever I had to have like a good email for like work. Yeah. Yeah. Did I think that's 69? when I got rid of that email. And that was about 10, yeah. 10 or 11 years ago. No, I think it I was got fun. rid of it. It wasn't that bad, but we're, we just don't need to go there. Yeah. Okay. Moving yeah. on. Not that bad. Um, Didn't age well. From Jacob Bartlett. What is your favorite song about robots? We can go a little quicker on. Yeah. I don't, I don't know any. I put down three. Uh, my first one is Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots. By That's the my Flaming, answer. Flaming Lips. It's a fucking awesome song. It's a great album. Um, second, Mr. Roboto by Styx. And third is the theme from Mystery Science Theater 3000 with the robot role called Gypsy, Cambot, all that shit. So I think cool. my, fav- my favorite song about robots is um, uh, Candle in the Wind. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't think of any. Robot. Uh, uh, Yoshimi, that's the best song. Yeah. That's a good song. All right, cool. It's a good song. Um, thank you, Jacob. Good stuff. Cool. Uh, Troy, oh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. G. G R. You know, Troy G. Sorry, man. I don't want to butcher your name. Um, not Troy from, uh, not Troy Benjamin. Troy mm-hmm. G. Hello there, YHS. Mailbag time. True. True statement to start off True. the question. I'm a massive Back to the Future fan and love when you guys speculate on potential sequels or reboots. If they were able to continue the franchise either way in a sequel with the original cast or reboot with a new cast connected to the original, what would it be and who would you cast? Keep up the pod. Totally reinvigorated my love of Ghostbusters when I first started listening to you guys. Thank you. Um, Jake? I think this is a really hard one because Back to the Future is one of those stories where it's really, really dependent on those actors. Like, yeah, you you could do something where you just brought the DeLorean back, but really my favorite part about Back to the Future is Doc and Marty, you know, and, mm. and, and I don't think there's any way that that is ever going to happen again. Um, I think you could maybe, maybe do some sort of legacy sequel and have another kid, you know, find the DeLorean and maybe find some old video footage of Doc and they could do some CGI or, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, some of that, some of that deep fake stuff or something to, to bring doc back in video format. And he can maybe, maybe this new kid can be like watching the videos and kind of put some stuff together and use the DeLorean to, I don't know, do whatever. But I, I I had a really hard time casting that. I, I, I think maybe you would have to go with some sort of unknown or, I just nobody came to mind. Like you, you have to find someone who has that same kind of energy mm-hmm. 
as Marty McFly. Yeah. And I just, I don't know what to do with that. I picked someone because I, Let's I, hear thought, I, I picked Tom Holland as like the grandchild of Michael J. Fox, kind of like Ghostbusters 2020. He's going to discover his lineage and like find the DeLorean. Um, for Doc Brown, I mean, using de-aging would be the only thing I can think of. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking would basically be like, um, yeah, that's what I, I tried to write a reboot. It involved Laura Dern and going on a vacation <laughs> to the Old West. And then also uh, Tom Holland falls in love with Zendaya. So that's kind of like uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. I think okay. it's hard. Like, um, you know, we could probably dedicate whole episodes to this topic specifically. Uh I love the Back to the Future trilogy. I adore it. I don't think remaking it is really a fun or good idea. I think if you were no. going to do it, have to be a sequel of some sort. I just think it's really tough. I'm not saying, listen, there could be an amazing idea out there. I don't have it. And there's yeah. really good directors who grew up with Back to the Future who could probably tap into some of the the good stuff that made it what it was. And listen, it could be done. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it will happen. But if somebody came up with a take on it that was like, whoa, we haven't really considered this. It's really hard. Obviously, Michael J. Fox, very sad. Um, that's probably not going to happen. And, and Christopher Lloyd's getting up there. I think he's in his 80s now. He's slowed down a lot. Um, he doesn't. He might not be able to bring the same energy to the character. But that being said, get a young 15 or 16-year-old girl probably finding Doc. Doc's kind of old and, and run down, but maybe there's one last adventure to be had. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, and I'm sure in the right hands could be very good and very successful. Uh, I just think it's tough. I think that's one of the tougher ones to uh, to try to. It's just of. it's tough because when you're working with a story where there's a time machine and there you know there's going to be time <clears throat> travel, why would you not have scenes with Doc and Marty in it, especially a younger <clears throat> Doc and Marty? But yeah. we just can't make that happen because you know. Right. I think in like five years we might reasons. be able to. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the the way dude no they just go Maybe. back and they they put eric stoltz back in back to the future <laughs> <laughs> that's what i want just I'll put out it. back to the future but with eric stoltz back in the role there you go oh, dude. uh thanks for the question Do troy it. that was great um uh that geek evan see he's got his screen name I wonder what his old screen names were mm-hmm. uh he's got five questions let's rapid fire these one, what is your most aggravating continuity or logic in a movie or show? Me? I said lost. Um, the polar bears never being explained. The heart of the island. Where did mother come from? And whatever happened to Walt's psychic powers? There's like articles out there that detail everything that happened on Lost and how dissatisfying the last season was. My second answer is the Terminator franchise, specifically Terminator Genesis and just every direction they took <laughs> in that plot. Uh, Jake, do you have anything for this? Those are those are all great answers. I tried to just put one thing from a movie that I really love in uh, in Jaws, which I think is basically a perfect movie. There are still a couple like continuity errors within like uh, the days that some of the characters die kind of don't match up. If you look at some of the the signage in the background of the movie or if you look at like close ups of some of the documents on the papers, uh, it's like a little bit of a mix up compared to. You know, when you think about like what day Alex Kittner died on and and that's just kind of an annoying little thing because that movie is perfect in basically every other way. So mm. cool. Answer the call. Does it all happen one day? <laughs> Somebody tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a montage? 
the first Ghostbusters is like a, takes place over like six months. Yeah. Um, put time in. D- here's the answer to the call Share, part. Spend time in the morning, uh, they find their book, and then they find a ghost, and then they fight ghosts, and then Rowan shows up, and then he walks all over the city. And then they have white hair. And then they have white hair. It takes place in six hours. Yeah. <laughs> all right. It's incredible. Number two. Mm-hmm. Oh, it says number three. I don't know. <clears throat> when did you realize you were a geek or nerd? I think it was around the time I realized no one was talking to me. Um, what kind of geek? Like, I knew that I wasn't cool my entire life. Mm-hmm. I just knew I wasn't cool. Right. I think when my brother was like 14 and I was 17 and my brother was like telling me all the story, fun stories about hanging out with girls – and I was like, yeah, I totally, I know about that. So I'm not even worried about yeah. hearing yours. Cause like, I've totally, I was like the, I was like Steve Carell in the 40 year old virgin. Um, but as far as, but as far as like, uh, it's blue. yeah. As far as like, when did I knew I was like a geek slash nerd as far as like the stuff we're into? I'm going to think about it for a second, Jake. I oh, I think it was absolutely a hundred percent. Uh, when I was in middle school, because I think middle school is kind of the time where you start becoming like interested in, you know, uh, the opposite sex and stuff like that. So or the it's same like, sex or the same. Yeah. Either way. But it, but Some that's sex. when you start getting interested in that kind of a thing. And I think, uh, middle school is when I realized, Oh, I hate sports. Uh, I hate, <laughs> you know, my body. I'm terrified oh. of, of women, uh, and no one else that I know likes Godzilla. <laughs> And, you know, like that, you, you figure all of that shit out around middle school, like middle school. By the way, that sounded like a conversation that me and Jake had this weekend. That was my favorite. (laughs) I hate sports. Terrified of women. (laughs) Nobody likes Godzilla like I do. Yeah. That I, yeah. Middle school. Like that's when you learn all that's when I figure out, oh, it's not normal to like horror movies as much as I like. No one else wants to watch evil dead with me like that middle school. That's when all of that shit kind of hits. Yeah. Same. I um I jotted some things down. I was a homeschooled kid and I was surrounded by geeks and nerds. Therefore, I didn't really know that I was different from the rest of the world until I was like 11 or 12. Um I always knew that my brother and I were a little indoorsy, but <laughs> I always thought we were much cooler than everyone else that we knew amongst our homeschool like co-op kid friends. I was always like, "Oh no, we're we're fucking cool." Um but then I I've feel I've never had that thought in my life. Dude, I had strange I've kid confidence. I never thought I was cool. I think it had to do with being so isolated. I was like, "No, I'm fucking great." Um <laughs> but then I started to pick up on probably around like 8 years old. Um I was like the kid that was giving my stuffed animals full names and homework assignments and like running a little fake school and grading their homework. And I remember I had uh-huh. a friend come over that was like kind of popular at church. And she was like, oh, you, it's a lot of work for your fun time. And I'm like, yeah, it's uh, I I love it. This is Hal Arthur McClanahan, my reindeer that I <laughs> that my parents got me from Upton's. <laughs> and uh, this is his friend. I had names for every one of them. And also probably when we were watching Mystery Science th- a Theater 3000 marathons, my brother and I would obsessively watch, rewatch and quote them. Um, and my dad always read books to us like science fiction, like Ray Bradbury, C.S. Lewis. So there were roots with that. And we loved Christian radio drama called uh, Adventures in Odyssey, which is like I know that I knew that wasn't cool even when I was listening to it even though I loved it so I yeah I I remember like I remember like late elementary school early middle school like going over to friends houses and being like hey which room's your Godzilla collection in (laughs) 
Where's your Chucky doll? Being like, what do you mean you don't have it? <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey, I kind of took a quick glance around the house and I'm not I didn't seeing. see it. Didn't see like, them. where's the Toho room? I Did don't I get miss it. a room? You guys got like a basement or something? Um, I, I kind of have that vibe when as a kid you go to a kid's house who doesn't have a video game system. And I'd be like, hey, where's your Nintendo? He's like, well, I don't have a Nintendo. I'm like, so why am I here? Um, calling my mom. You're like plotting like, cool, so I'm calling my mom cool. halfway oh, through this So day. I'm going to leave. Yeah. I had friends whose houses I would specifically go to because they had better VHS collections with R-rated and PG-13 rated movies right. and lenient parents. Here's my thing. I want to go through this real quick. I, uh, at a very, obviously as a kid, Super into Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Bill and Ted, toys, all that normal stuff. Um, I think when I really, like, my nerddom kind of peaked and valid through my life. So, like, I would say in my late teens, early 20s, I was way more focused on playing music mm-hmm. and playing golf and, like, watching sports that mm-hmm. more than anything in my life. But uh, I think I was suppressing my real needs. Mm-hmm. I will say this. Ninth and 10th grade, when basically everybody in my immediate friends group was going to concerts and smoking weed and not my friends group. No, no, sorry. These were not my friends, but people my age were going to concerts, smoking weed, doing stuff with the opposite sex or the same sex. Like the stuff Jake was talking about. Doing the shocker. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) You can, not everyone knows what it is. Uh, I... My entire bedroom, all four walls were covered in mint on card WWF current action figures. You know, Uh, for my 14th birthday, I got a sealed case of WWF figures for ringside collectibles. Uh, I was a nerd. Like, I I mean, that's as nerdy as it gets. I remember like a friend came over once to watch WrestleMania. He was at my house to watch wrestling. And he was like, dude, what's with your room? Like, he was like, dude, (laughs) Dude, um, what's with your room? I was like, your room sucks. Yeah. Cool Tony Hawk poster. Right? I'd jealous. Would, I'd put it up if I had room, uh, but I have all these figures. So I think it, that, that was kind of like, man, I'm, I think I'm a little bit different than some of the other people. Uh, and yeah, and then kind of like I said, peaks and valleys. I think I I embraced full on like when like 2009, 2010, I think I had one action figure. But as soon as like Maddie collectors started rolling out and I really started kind of coming into my own with like, like I'll tell you what. Here's a really good answer. Yeah. The first time I went to Dragon Con, 2008. Yeah. I wore khaki shirts and a collared shirt, and I re- and I realized when I was there, I was like, I don't like what I'm wearing. Yeah, I don't I be- like who I am anymore. I belong with these people. I yes. I just had a flashback. I think for me, it might have been Ska Mania '98 when I knew that I was uh, like a total nerd. But honestly, yeah, like I've I've gone just like you, Craig, through ebb and flow of like how much I've been into things early or late teens, early twenties. I was kind of more into the music scene and hanging out and going out and partying. But then right before you and I met and reconnected, I started watching Star Wars on VHS and. It was the first time I'd ever seen the movies, like literally, because I didn't watch it. I was like, I like these. This when is confirming. I, uh, when I watched the answer, the call trailer, and I was hyperventilating and crying uncontrollably. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm going to fucking yeah. nerd. All right, cool. Good cool. stuff. Last question from him, from uh, That Geek Evan. Oh, he had two more, but we already kind of covered childhood toys. He asked, uh, what's your most missed toy from childhood? Yeah, I said two details. Yeah, we kind of covered that. What filming location would you most like to visit that you already haven't? I'll go first. I've never been to the uh, firehouse. I need to get up there. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Cool. Let's do that. 
I'll put Firehouse on my list. I also said like the Ireland and Tunisia film locations from Star Wars. That would be sweet. And New Zealand to see Lord of the Rings. Even though I'm not going to save high fantasy, I want to go to New Zealand to see. You just want to go to New Zealand and be like, they've never filmed anything here. (laughs) But it's beautiful. Uh, They should. Jake? Um, I want to go to Hawaii and see all the Jurassic Park filming locations. More than anything, those are my big. uh, Other than ones I've already done, Jurassic Park, Hawaii, those are the big ones. Uh, Another one that I've always really wanted to check out are the, the steps from The Exorcist. Mm. I've always wanted to see those. They're in Washington. Maybe we DC. can uh, ask Linda Blair to join us. Ooh, yeah. we, got a, we got plans for Linda Blair. All right. <laughs> what does that mean? Because we talked about it in our meeting today. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> Dean Riggs. Oh, boy. What all piercings does Abigail have? And what tattoos does she have? Oh, I'll respect this question, although I didn't write an answer. Uh well, just ones you see. I have the half sleeve on my arm, which is inspired by Antigone because I was like a huge fan of Sophocles and um, Greek tragedy in high school. So I got that tattoo. Um, and then on my side, I have a mermaid, which I kind of, it's like, it's fine. It's not anatomically correct because at the time in my life, I was like, I don't want nipples on it. So well, I got a mermaid. A- you know, it's a mermaid. Head issues. I've worked through them. I'm a different person now. Maybe I'll get it covered up. Maybe I'll add nipples. I don't know. I don't have any other. Jake, we need you to add nipples to Abby. Please, yeah. please let my first tattoo on you just being adding nipples to just your mermaid. I want them little, and I want them cute. Uh, no. So beyond that, my piercings. I I pierced my nose myself with a sewing needle, and I pierced my lips like with snake bites, also with a sewing needle, but those closed up quickly. I tried to gauge my ears once with a turkey baster, and that didn't go well. Um, that That's it. I had the top of my ear, the cartilage pierced. I had to like write a paper to convince my dad to let me do that when I was like 15. By the so, way, that's amazing. I like how nobody sent me an individual <laughs> question. So here's, yes, have some podcast listener homework. I want a question next week. <laughs> Keep the questions coming only for me. Hey, pretty Craig. Jake, what Why piercings or so tattoos do you have? Okay. Uh, next up, Tom Cavanaugh. My question. Why Ghostbusters? What is it that drew you in? There's so many other franchises out there. Why this one? What is it about Ghostbusters that keeps us connected? That's a pretty deep question. I don't even know if we have the time to really delve into it, but I will say this. When I was a kid, I kind of didn't care about the ghosts. I was obsessed with Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd and uh, Ernie Hudson. Mm -hmm. I just loved them so much. Uh, I was introduced to Bill Murray at a very early age with Stripes and Ghostbusters and all that. And uh, my, uh, like, why do I love it now? There's a million reasons. What got me into it was it just had, when I was four or five, all these actors that I, that I loved watching. Mm -hmm. Cool. I'll be honest, my first thing I wrote down was because Craig showed it to me. Huh. Because I'm not going to lie, I didn't see this movie until Craig and I watched it. I had um, like brushes with it by seeing the commercials for the Kenner toys, hearing the theme song growing up. I pined after this movie. I wanted to see Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. So when I saw it at I probably like 23 or 24, for the first time, it felt like a missing puzzle piece that I needed. But also one time there was an AV Club article that was like why Ghostbusters is severely and overrated. I, and Abby tried to show it to me. I was like, get that out of my fucking face. Yeah. yeah, that's this is Abby. I was going through an ebbing time of my like nerddom at that point, but yeah. So I, yeah, it's it's a perfect movie. I it's connected. There, I think there's another facet to the question, like what is it about Ghostbusters that keeps us connected? And I think that GB spirit fans, packs, spirit packs, Facebook, collectors mentality, our sense of humor, our shared trauma from 
regular life experiences, answer the call, whatever it is. I feel like we all have that similar cut from the same cloth thing and we are friends and family. So. Jake. Yeah. I think um, if you want to look at it, just like a purely base thing and talk about what, you know, Ghostbusters came out in 1984. Uh, I was born in 1985 around when the cartoon was coming out. And I think I was probably introduced to that first. But the thing that as like a child that really pulled me in was the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, Slimer, the ghosts. I was always into like creatures and weird things and the just the concept of like catching them and one thing that I just always thought when I was really little, my favorite part about a Ghostbusters was the proton stream. I just thought it looked so cool. Like I just, I was like, I want that. I don't know what it is. I just, I was like attracted to the look of everything. And as I grew older and got to like appreciate the movie more, as far as like the writing and the comedy, it just all kind of, it's like, it's something I was attracted to as a child because of how it looked or because of the cartoon. But then as you get older and you can pay attention to the writing, it's like, Oh wait, this thing that I already loved is also just really well made and written. And it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. So that's like the base of it for me. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, and there's a million reasons why we love it still, why it keeps us together. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, we cover them every week on our podcast. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We do. The next question was, what's your favorite episode of YHS? Mine would be last week's steampunk episode. <laughs> or probably the episode where I talked about the first time I ever read Carrie and like got into Stephen King and started reading again because I think I yeah, got super emotional. One. Yeah, it's a good episode. Jake, did you uh, come up with a favorite episode? Yeah, I just put the Linda Blair episode because I feel like that was such a it was kind of an important thing for for YHS. And it's something that people still reference and we still hear about. And it was also that was a very weird, strange and also, I think, important time for me. And that The Exorcist is one of my favorite movies of all time. So to be able to uh, like chronicle that was I just think that I think that's one of my favorite things that has happened to me. I think the episode where we reviewed the book of Gerald's game was great. Oh, that that was one of our worst episodes by far. Yeah, Jake, I don't know if you remember what this, happened. But I don't remember. I hadn't gone to therapy yet. Abby was having trouble with that. It was that kind book. of a death museum situation before I knew how to handle it. And then, it's amazing, but I, I know why it was. Yeah, exactly. So all I remember, I don't I, remember this episode. This had to be two years ago, but all I remember is as soon as we uh, stopped recording, Jake goes, "Well, that was rough." <laughs> Really? Yeah. yeah. Boy. I, I don't think. Oh, it was, boy. I, I don't know what was rough about it other than I think, I think we, we were talked all... about baseball, too. Oh, it was like we were really like I'm gonna, scraping the bottom I'm of gonna, the barrel. I'm going to try to find that episode and go back and check it out. I'm I don't not. remember. Favorite, I don't remember can they that. Forget it. Man, favorite episode? That's tough. <clears throat> I've had favorite moments. I think the Linda Blair stuff obviously uh, is great. I really liked uh, – the time Paul Feig called in with Dan Harshman. It was kind yep, of a weird early great. on. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And I also really like anytime we have, uh, uh, you know, John on. Trevor Morgan. Uh, Trevor Morgan. Like people, it's cool. We get to talk with, uh, you know, friends of ours. And uh, our Kurt Froler episode was really fun, too. I really like yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. Episode. All yeah. of all of the guest episodes are great. Yeah. Cool. Hey, it's fun to talk about our episodes. Two questions left. Julia Hansen of the Hansen family. What's up, Julia? 
What's the most off brand YHS movie you love? I know one of you has a deep love for a romantic period drama. I don't know who that is. Uh, so this is like, what movie do you love that it's like you wouldn't necessarily think? That people wouldn't, wouldn't think about, yeah. Yeah, that we wouldn't review. I can go first. Go for it. Do it. Um, oh, God, I was going to say Tin Cup, but I do golf. You play golf, yeah. Uh, all right. I don't, know, I don't know what Tin Cup is. Uh, Pitch Perfect. I like that movie. I wouldn't say I love that movie. Um, all right, I'm going to circle back around. Abby? Uh, the ones I put down are The Ten Commandments starring Charlton Heston. I love to watch that movie like around Easter. That is really awful. I know. It's strictly because of nostalgic <laughs> ties to it. Also, it's like fabulous, like <clears throat> 1960s, like I, like I, cinematography is cool. Costumes are great. I always just loved it when I was little and it was an experience for me to look forward to having our dinner and sitting down and watching that. So I still enjoy doing that. And for the same reason, the next movie, White Christmas, which I know does not hold up. It's not PC. And I don't think that it's like uh, something I would recommend to someone who's looking for a holiday movie. But I have nostalgic ties to it. Therefore, I watch it every single Christmas. I like the musical numbers. Um, and Danny Kay and I can't remember the other guy's name have like weird sexual tension. And I like it. Um, last two, nine to five, which I'm doing a costume with Julia from and uh, Catherine as well. We're doing um, Dolly Parton and Jane Fonda's uh, characters and uh, Lily Tomlin. So, yeah, nine to five is not a movie we don't normally talk about. It's like from 1980 and it's about like women in the workplace. Uh, I do recommend it, though. Ever After is the final movie that I love and I watch all the time. And that's Drew Barrymore as uh, Cinderella in like a retelling of the Cinderella story. But it's incredibly woke for like the 90s or the late 90s when it came out. And I watch it when I'm sick and it just makes me happy. Jake? Um, Abby, uh, I watched The Ten Commandments for the first time. Uh, last year and that is a very good movie it um, it's one of those movies I feel like it's very well made it's very it's one of those movies you should probably watch but I also feel like I don't know if I ever need to watch it again <laughs> um like it's good and I can admit that but I'm also Wait. like I've watched it we're good can I be real about why I actually liked it sure yeah it was such a long movie that it meant that we didn't have to do some of the other like bible that reading. is amazing that is amazing that that's I was like this reason. is gonna eat up so much time yeah I can't that's wait very funny yeah I know <laughs> um I got a couple movies here uh I, I I don't know a lot some you know some people know this some friends of mine know this but I I went through a period of time where I was very obsessed with like Shakespeare and um, I really love any movie that is based on a Shakespeare play. I, mm-hmm. I love Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh is a, is a pretty famous director. He's done a lot of stuff. He was in some of the Harry Potter movies. He directed like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. He's done a lot of stuff, but he also directed a four hour unabridged version of Hamlet. And it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a movie called Titus that is based on Titus Andronicus. That is very fucked up and is it, one of my favorite things ever. I and love that movie. Sh- Shakespeare really kind of I super got into Shakespeare in high school and it really, really shaped. I don't know, a lot of things like I was in a band at the time and it just like shaped the way I wrote. Mm -hmm. And I just really love I really love the way that speech is. And I just I love Shakespeare movie. I have seen so many versions of Hamlet and Macbeth. I just love them. I have like I have tattoos from Shakespeare. It's just really good. Um, I don't think that's something a lot of people would know. Also, I really like musicals. Mm-hmm. And I think one of my favorite musicals of all time um, 
which has been made into uh, two or three movies at this point, is Jesus Christ Superstar. Got it. And I, that's a very, you know, um, I don't. Off brand. My beliefs, very off brand. I don't mm-hmm. believe in, in that stuff. Um, but I love Jesus Christ Superstar mm-hmm. so much. It is so good. It is probably the best written musical of all time. Did you it's, watch the uh, the one with John Legend? Did you ever see I have, it? I have not. Like that one has been on my it's been on my list to watch since it came out. I, I keep like kind of putting it aside. Um, I saw Jesus Christ Superstar for the first time in high school and asked my teacher if I can borrow the copy of the DVD. And it was the there, there's a filmed version that came out, I think, like uh, in the 2000s, maybe 2001 or something mm-hmm. like that. And that was the first version I saw. And then I saw the original like 70s version. I have uh, seen the play many times. I just love it. And it's like that. It, I feel like that is so weird because I, I, just, I just don't believe in, you know, that's not my thing. I'm not a religious person. Yeah. I don't care for any of that stuff. Um, but that play is so fucking good. It's just so good. The songs are very well structured. It's just it's beautifully written. And I love it. I also really like Clueless. Oh, fuck yes. Jake, <laughs> you're all up my alley right now. I have, yeah. As you're saying this, I'm thinking of so many Clueless notes. Clueless is great. Here's, um, <laughs> here's, here's kind of a different answer for me. Mm-hmm. And I think you both can attest to this. I think Game of Thrones might be my... The fact that I watched that entire show and enjoyed it, I don't like fantasy. I don't care about dragons. I don't tend to like things that don't have like modern technology. If they're in the woods, I'm usually not all in on it. Uh, I think game of Thrones for me personally is kind of off brand. Like I don't really, can I just say it? I don't like Lord of the Rings. I don't like the Hobbit. I don't give a fuck about any of that. Never have. I try to watch Lord of the Rings all the time. I get 10 minutes in and I fall asleep. I'm like, Oh, the Shire. That's fun. Sleep. If somebody asked me to explain the plot of Lord of the Rings, I literally couldn't do it. Wow. Wow. Those movies are great. Yeah, they are. Julie is, Julie is going to be mad at that. She's going to be so mad at you. And I couldn't agree with you anymore, Jake. Clueless is on my list as well. When it comes to Shakespeare, I was uh, equally obsessed in high school. I developed a crush on the guy in my sophomore class who read the part of Romeo when I was reading Juliet. Yeah. Um, and then I had the assignment to rewrite Macbeth and do it in any style and I chose hip hop so there's Please there's a me. video of me with like my midriff showing wearing some big parachute <coughs> pants uh, I guess I think I was Lady Macbeth but yeah and then there, there was a, yeah continue no go ahead sorry go ahead I felt like there was one last note what was the what was the third movie or fourth that you said oh Jesus Christ Superstar Jesus Christ that Superstar. was a playbill to Jesus Christ Superstar it was the first uh, purchase my brother ever made on eBay uh, he bought it for a girl that he had a crush on in high school so Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, it was a good purchase. There's there's this really weird but fun movie um, called Scotland, PA, and it is about uh, it it takes place like in uh, in the time when drive throughs were were kind of invented. And it's a retelling of Macbeth. But like (laughs) like Macbeth is like a fry cook at a McDonald's type restaurant and is like he like they kill the person who owns the restaurant because he comes up with the idea for the drive through. And mm-hmm. it's, it is the story of Macbeth, but set in, re- in like Christopher Walken is in it. And, uh, he, he plays like the health inspector McDuff. It is, 
it is so funny, but it's such a good, weird retelling mm-hmm. of Macbeth. It works. Here's a movie that I was obsessed with. Actually, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I, I would I would definitely consider this off-brand for, uh-huh. for what people think. Keeping the Faith with uh, Ed Norton and Ben Stiller and, um, oh God, what's her name? I know, I know the one right now. You Jenna Elfman. Say, what's the Topher Grace movie with <gasps> the boss that you I, fucking love? In Good Company. Okay, there it is. I <laughs> love that movie. Scarlett Johansson, Topher Grace, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Because I there's a lot of movies I feel I like. like I haven't heard of either one of those. So here's the thing: there's a lot of movies I like, but I can't consider them off brand. I love tons of sports movies. You love Fast and the Furious. That's not off brand. I love I like okay. action movies. All right. Like All right. I think off brand is like what you're talking about and what mm-hmm. Jake's talking about. Like you don't look it's at something Jake and, that somebody wouldn't assume. Yeah. yeah, somebody right. would not assume you right, like that. Right, right, so. right, right, right. Cool. All right, last question, guys. This is so a good one. Jake and I good. did really good. You guys both did good. <laughs> I'm glad you both like Shakespeare. Too big. I was too busy. Doing other things. <laughs> <laughs> Having your friends over to watch wrestling. It's <clears throat> fine. I don't know why I'm making fun Dude, of Dude, my that. girlfriend in senior year of high school broke up with me because she was like, I was like, I'm watching SummerSlam tonight. She's like, no, you're not. If you if you watch SummerSlam, we're breaking up. And I was like, see you. See ya. Peace. Bye. Bye. Stink's coming back. SummerSlam 2002, Triple H. Whew. Deal with it. That All right. <laughs> Adam Nori. So what program do you think Edward Nigma used to create that computer-generated forgery of Stickley's suicide? I don't know, but it looks pretty real to me. Wow. <laughs> Stickley's suicide just doesn't make sense. <gasps> if you think about it, that was the most high-tech part of that entire movie. Like, yeah, true. Even more so than the, uh, you know, than, than, the, than the, the box. Mm-hmm. I agree. Brains on the box. Anybody? I don't know what. I said a Unix system, which I know makes no sense. <laughs> but it's. It was what a- if? What if he did not make? What if there's no video, and the whole thing is kind of an extension of the the technology of the box, and it's just making those people see that. Hmm. There's no program. He did not make a fake video of of the suicide. He's just. The the well, the commissioner they're believing that they are seeing that. Oh yeah, I, I think see. it's because like, there's a box planted somewhere. But I think it's also implied he stole everything out of Stickley's brain. So I think he was able to like, fit, like that allowed him. To, like they do the quote like, I didn't get it when I was a kid, but he's like, I found this note. <laughs> I noticed that the handwriting and sentence structure perfectly matches. Like when I was a kid, I didn't even pick up on like, oh, it's because he stole that from his brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how this is where and we hour and 48 minutes <laughs> <On> later. <laughs> let's talk about Batman forever. Uh, let's right. end on I a philosophical it's discussion. Well, listen, guys, Batman. there was um, there was a lot of good discussion here, but we got to get to this fuck budget. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, about to be like, wait, what? We're at the one almost two hour mark. Um, cool. All right, guys, we're going to call it. Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. Before we let you go, we do want to let you know that if you are listening to Yes, Have Some podcast on a podcast app, make sure that you're subscribing. And please, please, please leave us those five star reviews on iTunes. They and help- wiki feet. <laughs> and wiki feet. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, you can find us on social media at YHS podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And then we also have the official discussion group of Facebook called Yes, Have Some Group Therapy. Abby, do you want to let them know? Oh, do I? Sorry, I was sipping on my bi-antioxidant coconut fusion drink. It's amazing. Yeah, all you have to do is open up your Facebook, 
and uh, search for Yes Have Some podcast. Scroll down. You'll see Yes Have Some group therapy pop up as an option. Ask to join. It's a closed group. We keep it that way. So it's quality content for you. Um, Once you're in, you can participate in our group discussions about movies and toys and stressful things. Um, Please don't share memes unless they're like your own creation and they're really good. They have to be super dank. Super dank, super dope shit. Don't come with weak sauce. That's the rule. We're going to put it in the description. <laughs> That's the Ryan Dole rule. Hey, thank you for that, Abigail. Uh, and thank you to all of our listeners for sending questions. That was a lot of fun. We'll probably do yeah, one of these yeah, me too. down the road. Maybe make it like an annual thing. And like Richard Dreyfus, for every question that we've never been asked, we'll give you $20. That is not true. Because no. most stop. of these questions were never asked to me before. And I don't um, have twenty dollars. So. If you can come up with a question <laughs> that I've never heard, I will give you a crisp twenty dollar bill. <laughs> and this guy walks up and says, and this guy's a real smart ass too. He says, I don't know, I don't remember what he said. He said something. Anyways, we're gonna call it everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week on Yes Have Some Podcast. Oh, next week we got a special guest, Whoa. but we're not gonna announce it. Yeah. No spoilers. Cross your fingers. But it'll be Cross your streams. Cross your streams. It really rolls. Whoa. Oh, it does. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, I thought it was somebody else. That's why I said cross. Who'd you think it was? <laughs> I can't say because it's not confirmed yet. Who? Can I say? She was saying cross. Cross the streams. <laughs> Interdimensional cross <laughs> rip. Troy Benjamin? Yeah, Troy Benjamin. He's coming at some point. When? when? Not next week. I thought it was next week. I, got I, I like that. I like what you do. <laughs> what? Sh- yeah, it's called, like, yes, yeah, subtly hinting. It's good. Cool. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys.